Hello, everyone, and welcome back for our third preview this week. Aren't you guys lucky, and aren't I lucky, to be here on the panel with my two favourite people, Jack and Shane. Uh, obviously, today's show is brought to you by puntingform.com.au and baggybet.com. Helps power us all here at the mailbag. Uh, we had Exeter run yesterday for the new owner group, ran third in a, in a small field there, but honest enough run. So, um, yeah, anyone who wants to get involved with the bloodstock side of things, uh, email Jono at the mailbag. I'll start with you, Shane. How's your day? We had, we had quite a good across-the-board uh, range of tipping. Yeah. Yours one, your best? Yeah, my best bet one. Um, just wanted to point out that my best bet was six dollars. I just didn't go and find the obvious favourite in an Oaks or something like that. Where there was a chance. Um, I done a bit of. You didn't tip it on top in the Oaks. You did not tip it on top in the Oaks. I done. I don't. Oh, you you've tipped it too. Like, and if I was before we started before we started recording, which I am. Before we before we hit record on the show, Jack goes, Gab, you just ask me questions. I won't talk over the top of anyone. Can't fucking help himself, can he? One minute he... Um, <laughs> no, I thanks, said I wouldn't Gab. talk out of top of Gab, not you. Good thanks, Gab. Um, yeah, my best bet today was um, Torrigine at $6, uh, as you, as uh, we just discussed. So, yeah, good day all around. I had one shitty little bet at Ipswich that went no good, but apart from that, it was a good day uh, for all mailbag followers. And, uh, Jack, your day, obviously, tipping the Oaks winner, well done. <laughs> And um, thank you, Gav. Right. No. <laughs> and how was the rest of your day? I uh, had a little all up uh, with Roots, She's Extreme, and have those two into uh, my best bet on this show, uh, which I think is just the, the biggest moral of all time, which we're going to get to, I think, off the bat. But um, yeah, so far, so good. Um, just another day. We're three down now, one to go for the big carnival, and then we can all sort of slow down and relax a little bit. The, the the big spring carnival is over, but full credit, wouldn't you say, Shane? Like full credit to the VRC or Racing Victoria, whoever uh, is responsible for the programming, because this, I think, we'd all agree, is one of the greatest cards I've ever ever laid my eyes upon. Uh, the champions concept is um, like has obviously worked. Just you only have to look at the quality of the race fields; it's super. So. Great initiative. I mean, they've only been racing at the Spring Carnival for 120 years, so I'm glad to see they've got it right after 120 years. But <laughs> full credit where it's due, Jack. Um, and full credit to, um, to everyone for, uh, you know, heading out there and supporting, you know, the longstanding tradition of what is the centrepiece of racing, which is Cut Week and Spring Carnival. Meanwhile, north of the border, they have their races that we'll never remember the names of. Um, apparently, it's... It was big dance day yesterday. Don't the know text message came today. through. Did you get the text? Did you get the text for it? I got a text message. Yeah. 30 minutes after the race jumped. Yeah. I Full forgot credit. the day last night. Anyway, <laughs> all credit. Looking forward to Saturday's card. Probably the best card during the uh, over the last six weeks. They're certainly going to go out with a bang. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be... <laughs> Day. So we will start with race six, which is the Dali champion uh, champion sprint, sorry, over the 1,200 metres. 
and that's a group one. So we'll have a look at the prices there. We've got Nature Strip, the clear favourite at a dollar ninety five. I think he absolutely deserves to be. Um, Last Crusader, the Inferno. Rothfire, Pulele, all double. Oh, we've got one in there, triple figures, the Inferno, but all all double figures there. Um, Bella Nipotina, $6 at the moment. Um, and what have we got? Yeah, the rest, rest apart from Giga Kick, all double figures. So, Jack, you can take us away with the speed map there. I think Rothfire, front page, and the astrologist are the speed outside of Nature Strip, who will do whatever it wants. Uh, then Bell and Ipatina. Rock and Horse and Playley get nice runs behind that speed, and so does Giga Kick. I think Lofty Strike can sit handy. Um, September run thereabouts. I, I wasn't sure with Baller, and I'd be happy for Shane to sort of uh, tell me I'm wrong there. It might sit a bit closer. wouldn't be surprised. And uh, the Kiwi, Mask Crusader, and the Inferno, the last pair, last three horses. On this map, but basically, Nature Strip jumps from twelve and can lead if he wanted to. He can sit off him if he wants. He can, he can do anything. Shane, what are your thoughts? We'll start with you on this uh, on this race, and where are you sort of heading? Heading with your bets? Um, yeah, look, this is um, well, this is a very thin race, very thin race. This is like you see horses that um, have come through those. Maybe second tier is a bit harsh, but look, take Bella Nipotina away, who gapped them. Everything else behind Bella Nipotina is none um, out of that sort of form line. Um, the rocking horse form through private eye. <laughs> Which you tit at nines. Like it's it's thereabouts. I mean, rocking horse is like got straight track form, but like Giga Kick, I'm not going to say it's none because that's a stupid statement to make. But like we have a look looking at the replay here, Gab, of um of the Everest. Like Nature Strip was like enormous. Um it did set up for something to come from the back. He still had the audacity to kick clear here, Nature Strip. Um I mean obviously just the last little bit is where he peaked, which he was entitled to. Um like he just he just looks a standout to me. I just like I just can't see these other horses running him down. We've seen him. What he's we've seen what he's done here at this track and trip. I think his only defeat was when he paraded as fit as me uh, when the stable had home affairs, desperate for its Group One, um, missed the kick and dash late and just missed. I think from memory was like a very close photo. So um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's just a, it's a standout for me. Um, you know, Giga Kick can run on it and beat the others. Um, you know, along with Bella Nipotina, who is going, you know, going super. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, all nature strip for me. Yeah, we've got, um, I think we've got Bella Nipotina's replay just playing there now, and it was very, very impressive. Um, and obviously, just to take note of this race, we won't replay it again later, but we've got um, Rothfire and a few of the horses in that race from um, that are that are running around a bit. Oh, a bit. Paul, Paul Laley's in here as the favourite. He started half the price almost, not half the price, but he was well back. He was he was soft on Friday night when they abandoned. He was very well back in the Manicato. Uh, he was too bad to, to be true, I thought, there. Um, I, th- I think he's the only horse here, Shane, that you might like, try and argue just on an SP principle that he should be closer to Bella Nipotina if he's still going in that camp. 
Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. But she absolutely brained him at the same brained time. Brained him, yeah. And it, it's one of, like you said, like 12 hours pr- uh, prior, 18 hours prior, there was no money for it on the day when they rerun the race or, you know, raced again on the race they didn't have. Um, you know, like you say, it was, um, you know, had was started three dollars. So hard to get hard to get a line through all that. Hard to get a line through all that. Yeah, look, I personally don't think anything's going to get close to him after, you know, not many horses can sit about four wide um for a trip and still sort of finish the way he did in the Everest. So any more from you guys or can we move on from from there? Nature strips are complete and utter moral. He's Three from four this track and trip. The only failure was, as Shane mentioned, when he was massively overweight, had a, a number of excuses in run and just missed. This is the perfect profile for the horse. Uh, he won this race last year off the same prep um, out of an Everest. He was $1.28 that year. I think he should be closer to that than what he is currently. I think he'll start sort of $1.75, and I think he'll just kill him, absolutely kill him. Giga Kick is a good horse with upside, but he's not. At his best, in my opinion, down the straight. I think the the value in the race is the 15 Lofty Strike, who was really good, I thought, on Saturday in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. I think he can run a race. Um, but the rest of them, as Shane has said, are B-graders, and he is as good as we've ever seen down the straight outside of the, the best of the best of the best. So uh, bet until it hurts responsibly. <laughs> uh, and Rock and Horse is probably the roughy for me if you're playing that sort of like Exactly. Yeah, I'm not I don't know if we're gonna we'll have a look at our top fives later, Shane, but um we'll move on to race seven, which is the Kennedy Champions Mile over the sixteen hundred, also a group one. And we have Cascadian, we've got Private Eye. Private Eye obviously is the favorite there. Um Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside meeting again um and then the rest are sort of double figures there my oberon's in there at 440 uh the speed map for that jack uh i've got two really leading but alligator blood may well lead mr bright sort of get a much more economical run than he got in the cox plate private i'll do whatever it wants from five uh colding and dull sound will be midfield thereabouts i'm not sure what they do with kiss some couldn't figure it out yet um, my Oberon from seven is a little bit awkward and Cascadian from 11 is really awkward for it. Uh, I think it's a pretty stock standard speed map, but you could definitely make a case that uh, Alligator Blood leads to Baloo. Um, but it's going to be something like that on your screen. Yeah, we had the Everest um, replay up before, so I didn't, didn't get that one again. But um, we've got, we've got um, I don't know, we can probably play the the replay of, I think, Cascadian here, which is a really, really big run um, there in Sydney in the Craven Plate, which is Group 3 um, here. But I'm thinking probably for mine, you know, we've got Private Eye and Alligator Blood. I just, I'm very, very wary of Alligator Blood here, but but I've, I'm probably going to stick with Private Eye. Uh, Shane, your thoughts? Yeah, interesting one for, uh, interesting that Private Eye has probably shown a little bit of versatility this preparation where we saw it win some big mile races where it sort of got right back and flashed over the top where 12 and 1300, he hasn't settled 
as far back as what sort of everyone would have anticipated. His last couple, um, like this will be some training performance if he can get him like to to go again at the mile and run it as big a race as what he has. His last two, where he's certainly been, um, you know, obviously he went to Fleming and looking for that better track, and then ran enormous. You know, Everest run was cool, and obviously the the win at Rose Hill was strong as well. Obviously proven at the mile, so there's no knock there or anything like that. It's just um, it'll be a big effort to, to get him up again. But he does map well. I just sort of can't see they do anything different on Alligator Blood other than having to lead here. Um, so we've seen, like, all that's been brutally exposed, all that form. There's nothing hidden there. I don't think there's anything that's going to just say, oh, look, you know, this thing's just been poking around, ready to improve. The, the, the horse that has got improvement in it is number nine, my Oberon. Um, I think it was pretty well documented <clears throat> post-race from its win at Mooney Valley where um, Annabelle was sort of quoted saying we didn't sort of know whether he was 100% fit. You know, we sort of thought he might have been three quarters with plenty left. Um, he did that three quarters with plenty left. He tracked wide and obliterated them. Um, you know, obviously it's an easy sort of way to gravitate to where you're looking for a horse that's not exposed, and, and this is the one for me. Matt will be tricky. Um but in saying that, I think with alligator blood in the race and Tuvalu drawn outside it, I think there'll be you know some enough speed there that they'll should be able to sort of find a spot in the running line. And um, the the exciting part here is Jamie Carr's not uh, on the leader, so um, you know we could see a race with a bit of tempo in it. Um, and if we do, I'm, I'm happy to sort of side with my Oberon here as a fresh horse on the scene. But again, like cracking race, like like genuine chances, private eye. Cascadian, I don't really like that much. I thought it was hashtag blessed with the win last time, alligator blood. Obviously, you know, you only got to go back, you know, that 1,800-metre run at Sandown where it was strong. Just got touched off by I'm Thunderstruck at a mile. So, like, there's Mr. Brightside sort of drops back with alligator blood to this sort of race. There's heaps of chances, obviously, too. Tuvalu was good uh, in winning the um, in winning the two-rack, beating that uh, horse that went and won the Golden Eagle. So there's... Tie-ins everywhere. Uh, I'm signing with my Oberon, though, as a fresh horse on the scene. Paul and Jack? Uh, I think this is the most fascinating race I've almost ever looked at. Um, well, I've left Tuvalu out of my top five, and he won the two-rack, which has stood up already as a really proper form race with the Golden Eagle, as Shane mentioned. Um, I, I couldn't suggest a bet in the race. I think Private Eye is the most exciting horse in Australia. I think my Oberon is fascinating and I, I echo Shane's sentiments about the horse and I heard what he heard as well. And I just think it's going to be fascinating what the big boys do late with this horse, Shane. Like it might start favourite or it might start like seven or eight bucks. And I just can't wait to find out what, what happens, to be honest. And then like you're talking about those horses and you, you haven't even spoken about the Cox Plate form, which is traditionally and most likely the A1 Grouse's form there is. My, Mr. Brightside started shorter than Alligator Blood in the Cox Plate, half its price, and is going to get a much more softer run here. Uh, I think if you like him, you can make a case. Basically what I'm saying is if you like one, I can see why you like it. And then, like Shane's saying, I think there is a bit of tempo here, and they do need a light it up for Alligator Blood, who is the track and trip horse here. He's the track and trip horse in this race coming out of a Cox Plate. Big box digger. But then with that tempo, that suits Cascadian, who's absolutely airborne, doing what he has to do. 
Um, those races do look a little bit more hollow, but he is a top-line horse who's capable of winning a big race. Um, I just think it's a fascinating race, an absolute fascinating race, and I don't really have a firm opinion in it. I'm, I've found the market, which is a disgrace, and I apologise. <laughs> no. I've literally found the market, and I've left two out, and I don't feel comfortable without that either, but uh, that's what I've done. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to that race. I'd love to see Gator back in the winner's stall, but I thought I would be realistic and just the way Private Eye is going at the moment, sort of chuck him on top. But, um, I noticed you, you've bumped him back up, though. You sort of sacked him there in the Cox Plate, so he's back on your team. Interesting. Yeah, he is. I had him fifth, like to run fifth, and I think he did, which Shane sort of told me to. I need to let him go, but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely back now. And, yeah, there's my top five there, which is Private Eye on top, Alligator Blood. I've sort of got them even. Um, my Oberon, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously going to progress. And Cascadian and Tuvalu, I thought I had to chuck them in. And if we've got Shane's top five, we can have a look at that as well. Um, my mail is actually after his uh, big bender in Melbourne, he's actually closer to looking like that, which is a, just an astounding and an amazing achievement by Shane. Like he actually lost weight. Full credit to you, Shane. He's on mute. You're on mute, I've baby. Got, I've got a new weight loss regime that um, I'll share on my unwellness blog later in the month. Well, Shane's got, as you can see, his horses that are there. I don't think he's going to tell us about them. but um... uh, My Oberon, Private Eye, Alligator Blood, Zuvalu, I think that's how you say it, and Cascadian will be a big flashing light run with the big white blaze running on for next time. <laughs> really good solid run <laughs> all right but we'll head to race eight which is the last of the the absolute riffing race card um sorry of group races shall i say but um we'll have a look here and here's uh i'm thunderstruck which is very very exciting um up against animo we've got zaki moanga the boys from the cox plate um, hinged here from Sydney, Epileptical, who was really good last start as well. Oh, speed map. Uh, speed map here. I think Zaki will lead. Hinged will get a beautiful run behind Zaki. Animo will do whatever it wants. Mr. Maestro might roll a little bit further forward than you'd think. Uh, elliptical, sort of same sort of story. Uh, Thunderstruck's drawn a little bit awkwardly, but not awfully. Um, uh, the rest further back, including Mwanga, I think has to go back to last from from that draw, which sort of my mind rules him out of this race. Although he is really like Charlie Sheen in the line, he loves him at the moment, but uh, he's just got a lot hoof on the till, but an awkward map. Shane, he's muted himself again, Gav. I'm doing three things at once here. Apologies. Um... Yeah, look, um, well, I might as well start being the critic. Zaki's going to lead. Jamie's going to look to give it a nice, even, nice, nice time out in front. Um, trying to find something that can go forward here. Like, what else can go forward? Um, I think one of the three year olds. Like, maybe hinged. Brenton. Brenton. You'll probably be watching this show. I did tweet about Brenton earlier. I said, God, racing needs Snowy and Brenton to get back together and inject some speed into some of these races. <laughs> uh, I'd, love to, 
<laughs> I'd love to see uh, – uh, Hinge is not a three-year-old, I love it. Uh, like, is there any chance someone can do something in these fucking races? They're becoming a ball. Jamie will lead on Zaki and Hinge will take a trail and they'll go at a slow tempo and then Zaki, lo and behold, will get out sprinted. I'll talk And then Jay Mac, Jay Mac will win on Animo again. <laughs> And it'll get the most hashtag blessed run you've ever seen in your life. It'll be another non-race. Like this, anyone. Has Waller got another runner in for it or something that Hinge could set it up for or anything? Like something. This could be an absolute boring race. Um, in saying that, like what what else can do? I don't know. What, what can go forward? Craig? Our man? The mailbag's Craig? Racing. Racing's greatest human being. Someone. Make a fucking race of this. It's a mil- another like squillion dollar race. Someone's going to do something, um, or else Zaki will lead. Animo will get the perfect run, hit the front, and our thunder and on thunderstruck will be the one driving at it late. Um, I probably won't bet in the race, but I'll be interested to see how good Animo is because on thunderstruck was I'm not going to say a moral beat, but fuck, it was a bad ride in the Cox Plate. <laughs> It was really stiff. It was really stiff. Um, moral beat. It was you're really gonna stiff. Go on record. It was a moral beat. This is this is the race here. This is Zaki leading, getting out sprinted late. There's on getting, getting the, the seas party oh, for it at the top of the straight. There it is. Seas part. Never lost momentum. Oh, that's what happens when you're a back marker, mate. <laughs> like seriously, honestly. Yeah, but it's moral never, beat. No, there's no, there was no momentum there. Like there's a moral chance to get, there's a better chance to get this track. Um, I think Animo is beatable. I think Animo is beatable. Um, um, geez, I feel like James Cummings here. I'm waffling on talking that much shit. I'm just not wearing a hat to back it up. And I don't have the vocabulary range that James has when describing his horses. Uh, this was a wonderful, a glorious. This was a. Wonderful race with a diamond, a diamond gallop. Um, I'm Thunderstruck's going to run down Animo. Yeah, uh, Zaki will will bash on and run top four or five. Um, if there's any potential chance of a race, it could come from Nash on Moonga. Look, I hope so, but I, I just can't see that happening. Maybe Hinge is the one that could be on speed with Brenton. But, um, like, it just Animo is going to get the perfect run again. Like, they should make it draw gate 11 or something to make it interesting. But it's going to get the PR and going to be hard to beat. We've been uh, straight into our top fives here, um, even though you probably just mentioned yours there, Shane. But, um, yeah, you can go on with that if you like. I'm Thunderstruck to run down Animo. Um, racing's greatest human. Craig on elliptical will put it into the race with no weight and will give it its chance. Uh, he'll ride to give his horse the best chance, not ride how he always rides every horse. Um, then we've got Moanga who has got potentially could do something with Nash on. I wish Nash was on Zaki. Um, he will lead and go at a moderate tempo and probably get out sprinted. So that's my top five, but I'm thunderstruck to um, turn the tables on Animo off their Cox Plate runs. You can, yeah, we can throw our top fives up there as well, Jack. Um, okay. Animo is the best horse in the country. He's one of the best horses I've ever seen. 
And the fact that he continues to race in that yard with those owners grows me completely up and you just cannot be against him. Um, this will be the last time I think you'll see him in the flesh. So if you can't get out there, do it on Saturday. He is perfection to look at. Uh, he maps to get every possible with the best rider in a really big inform yard. Um, you just you can't bet against him, but I feel like he's half vulnerable here compared to the Cox Plate. Um, I don't think I'm Thunderstruck's as good as everyone thinks it is. Uh, I think it was blessed in the Cox Plate. It got the perfect PR run to build momentum and be that flashing light run. You'll go broke back in those sort of horses. If they try and ride it upside down here, I've got to hope they do. I hope it's the one they inject some speed into and the bubble bursts on it because it's not really done anything much yet and it needs to deliver Christ from, almighty. From all this hype. You, you hey, I'll let you dribble for 10 minutes there, so you just let me dribble. Um, it's not half the horse that Animo is and it'll prove itself again to be not its equal on Saturday. I think the value in this race, and you can argue it comfortably off the SP profile, is Zaki. She started, it started shorter than on Thunderstruck in a Cox plate, and she went too slow on it. There is a good chance that she gives it a rev and takes off and looks the winner for a long way. Zaki loves Flemington, loves his track and trip, handles all conditions. I think Zaki is the biggest threat to Animo in this race. And I think if she does light it up, you're in for an amazing race. And, and one of the three-year-olds will hit the line pretty hard. And I think it might be Mr. Maestro. Uh, I think I'm Thunderstruck's an elite horse, but it's just not Animo. So uh, I'm with Animo from Zaki, then I'm Thunderstruck, Mr. Maestro. And I think Banker's Choice. If my O'Bron's going to stand up in the previous race, then it, Banker's Choice forms pretty good too. And my top five, I've got... I'm thunderstruck on top. I really think this could be his day, the, the big straight to wind up, hopefully not too much in his way. Um, he's just, he's been dying out for a win and up by G, I think he deserves one. Um, we've got Animo there, uh, obviously all the above. Epileptical's been really, really honest and I think with the 51 kilos and Craig Williams aboard uh, can definitely finish well. Zaki, so not 100%, but chucked him in. And Moanga, he's very honest when he wants to be. So that is my top five there. Um, any more from from uh, from that race or we can go on to our best in each ways? Okay, done. Yeah, I'm done. It's like it's – look, just I'd love to see some excitement in the race. Otherwise, it's going to be a yawn fest again. <laughs> Anyway, who cares? Who cares? I think I'll be betting at Afghanistan or somewhere else anyway. So, <laughs> cold cutter. Anyway, um, my best of the day. Uh, I didn't find this that easy actually, but I've ended up with race three, number three, which is Angry Skies from the Hayes Camp. Going really well. I thought her run last start behind Sandpaper was really, really good. Um, she finds a race here. I believe she can win barrier 16, slightly awkward. Um, but at the 6.50, she's looking all right. Then on to race four, number sorry, number nine, which is Luncey's. Um, he he had a, quite an like an okay run behind Emissary and, and Shawfire there. Obviously, I followed this form line because they've both come out and, and ran huge Emissary, obviously, in the Melbourne Cup, and Shawfire won last weekend. So Four and a half lengths there was three wide the duration over the 2400 
will appreciate the 2600 I think in barrier eight if he can sort of slot in somewhere I think um the ten dollars is a great each way bet his SP was also 750 last start so that's sort of um sort of promising there saying he can he can run okay here um nature strip for all the reasons that <coughs> excuse me that we discussed earlier um It'd be one of those like huge J Mac standing up early doing those ones. I love how he does them. He just does the point and pumps the chest like he knows how much it's worth. Uh, great to see him bounce back from his ordinary day too that he had. Um, how good's J Mac? He he has the ride on Greece. It doesn't make the race, so he picks Mine's up a twenty twenty dollar yeah. shot and punches it home. Yeah, that's why he's one of the best in the world, J Mac. Um, my value bet is uh, Honey Creeper in race five. Um, sort of followed this horse a little bit after Rob Scurry had a good bet on it at a good price um, where I'm pretty sure it won. The result says it runs second. Um, I'm not convinced about that. It was um, it was a pretty good effort and certainly don't want to drop off him uh, or drop off that horse. Um, I thought it was a pretty even race, that one, actually. Uh, it's around about that 750 quote. Um, there's a few sort of like has-beens and yesterday's heroes and a tissue's sort of come up favourite in that well, race you, now. You tipped that on Saturday and it went absolutely at, enormous. At 40s, um, yeah. and it, what it usually does, sort of gets back and then takes a little bit of time to wind up and hits the line. Barrier 5, uh, J-Mac. Obviously gets J-Mac on and have a look at the people that have ridden in its last few starts, J Ford B Preble. Um it's going to start on. shorter, isn't it? Because because Polly Gray's in the market, and isn't it a weddy? It's a dead set weddy. Go like if it like it was a heavy track, it'd be go forward hard to beat sort of horse. But um, yeah, the tissue will be last. I, I just thought that Honey Creeper with Nash on, um, as opposed to Rachel King who rode at last start is a huge jockey switch, and it'll be closer and going around at good odds. Something each way. My best nature strip uh, outlined before. I think it's moral. I think it's a really great bet to have. And I, uh, I agree, Gab. Lunacy's. I, I can't argue with anything you said, but I thought Luna Flair with it were the two in that race that were sort of bigger prices than they should be. I thought Luna Flair would have gone really close to the Melbourne Cup. Um, obviously, there's not a lot wrong with it if it's going to run here. Um, loves Flemington. Um, the drying track will suit. Um, that horse is absolutely airborne. It was a very big and good win at Flemington, beating. Um, Francesco Gawadi, who came out and put in an enormous performance at Mooney Valley on Cox Plate Day. I think that horse can win the Melbourne Cup next year. And Luna Flair ties right in with it. And I think it'll be winning um, race four. Any advice for the weekend for the punters? Obviously, it's the last day of the carnival. So gamble responsibly. That means go to the mailbag.com.au. Buy Shane stuff. If, you, if you're going to try and bet in Queensland by yourself, good luck to you. If you are, please download baggybet.com. Gamble responsibly, but I would go to the mailbag.com to you and get Shane's gear. Where are you betting on Saturday? Where aren't you betting on Saturday? Oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere Saturday. Doombin, Gold Coast, Toowoomba. They're the three main ones. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Might have tomorrow off, actually. I'm a little bit jaded. Um, so jaded, in fact, it's my wedding anniversary today and I forgot about it this morning. So I had to sort of like oh. pull out a few emergency stops. And um, one of them's going for dinner after this. 
21 years are they married today, and that's apparently bronze. What? Is the gift for 21 years? You give a gift that's bronze. Full credit to Lace, what a woman. And she gave me something that I will use a lot, a money clip. (laughs) She knows me. (laughs) What is it with wogs and cash? Well, I think we'll I think we'll finish it there. But thanks everyone for tuning in. Obviously, subscribe and and catch us previewing weekly. So thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, everyone.